Forbes Books presents The Sky's the Limit with host Dee Brown, the president and CEO of the P3 Group, the nation's largest minority, public, private, partnership real estate developer. Here's Dee. This week, I have the pleasure of interviewing the CEO and co-founder of Mobu Enterprises, Jessica Lewis. Jessica is a self-made businesswoman and serial entrepreneur from Philly. Jessica and her team hope to revolutionize the real estate industry by developing affordable housing projects out of shipping containers. Jessica, welcome to The Sky's the Limit. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I I appreciate you taking time out, out your busy schedule to be on my show. Now, so let's get started. So as I looked at, looked at your website, coincidentally, the name of my show is The Sky's the Limit. And I so know. the first thing I noticed on your website, it says the sky is not the limit. We, right. we build custom residential and commercial structures out of shipping containers. So how did you get started in, in this business? I'll start with the slogan, if that's okay, because absolutely, I am a big dreamer. I feel like I'm a visionary. And so many years ago, I was working for some companies on the West Coast as a project management consultant um, doing container projects. And while I was there, I was like, they're not doing anything that's impactful. I'm not saying the construction of a container is not impactful. It's just the companies that I was working for wasn't doing things that, in my opinion, was impactful. So for me, because I'm a social entrepreneur, I respectfully dismissed myself from the businesses and started my own company with, of course, agreeing not to compete with them and started my own company. I'm on my third year. Our company, Mobile Enterprises, is designed to build residential and commercial structures out of containers where the sky is not the limit. We actually encourage our customers to dream big and crazy and wild and be creative in their design process. And it's really been fun to work with our customers and build products that are functional as well as sustainable. Wow, it's very interesting and intriguing. I have looked at the possibility of incorporating containers in a number of my developments over the last couple of years. And I haven't, uh, must be honest, I haven't jumped out there just yet. But uh, I think that eventually we'll be doing uh, some container at least incorporating some container projects within our overall uh, projects. Now you talked about projects having uh, an impact on the community. And so that kind of resonates with me because, uh, you know, our motto is that we do good by doing good. And so we look at projects where they actually impact the community. So talk to me a little bit about the impact of the projects that you're doing. Definitely. And for us, it's the same. We feel like the projects that we do should be solving problems and not just be about money. So a good friend of mine, Cara Presley, she's gave me the quote of impact over income. And so for us, it it is encompassed with our actual build outs, with our training programs. We have pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeship programs that specifically help previously incarcerated and veterans become self-sufficient through entrepreneurship and of course, green construction training. And then also within that training, we're building our communities one unit at a time. So um, our projects are focused in vulnerable communities. We go where people don't wanna live, work and play. 
and we make them beautiful again and make them want to come back, live, work, and play. And so with that, we've been successful in being able to not only grow our model or I call it employee-owned model where everyone will eventually become franchise owners, but we also help our communities become beautiful again by reversing gentrification and of course, building up communities that were once considered undesirable. Oh, that's great. And you mentioned um, about your apprenticeship program. And so you are the author of How to Start an Apprenticeship Program. Tell me a little bit about that program. Definitely. Our How to Start the Apprenticeship Program, I created the book because we went through a lot to go through the Federal Register Department of Labor process. And if anybody wants to really grow their business, it's very important in having training programs. And it's interesting to hear my fellow entrepreneurs say, I can't find good workers. I always ask them, are you a good boss? Because good bosses not only are leaders, but they're also able to train and educate their employees to be optimally successful. So our training programs focus on personal development and professional development. And it also are trained by some of our top leaders in those respective fields, rather it's the green construction side or entrepreneur side. The training programs, not everybody wants to be a federal program, but we also help people become federally registered because we are a sponsor program, which is another level of being DOL. So you could just be a regular apprenticeship program, but we're actually sponsors where we help other um, business owners go through that process under our tutelage to help them kind of mitigate some of the roadblocks they may experience. Great. Now, you have been affectionately nicknamed the shipping container lady. How did you earn that title and and how do you know so much about shipping containers? (laughs) Well, interestingly, I'm considered a shipping container lady because no one can remember my simple name of Jessica Lewis. (laughs) So (laughs) honestly speaking, oh, you're the shipping container lady. So um, once they kept calling me that, I then just accepted the nickname, you know, (laughs) they remember me by something. Some people aren't memorable. So I take it where I can get it. And um, honestly speaking, the expertise that I've had over the years, our focus within our company has how can we um, shorten our time frame to build? We build residential structures less than 90 days, commercial less than nine months. And then also we want to look at how can we um, use full sustainability practices. So we are a green construction firm. We're not a traditional construction firm. And then more importantly, how are we impacting our communities, our employees, as well as the communities around us? So everything is impact oriented. Um, so if we didn't, if I didn't know enough about shipping containers, I wouldn't be able to even acquire them and be crazy enough to start building out of them. I think of them as Legos, but more importantly, knowing that I can do that, I now share it through my master classes, my training apprenticeship programs. So that expertise, I'm now passing on as my legacy through education. And that's a great legacy to to, um, to leave behind. I've had the opportunity to watch um, a couple of your container chat uh, shows. And so I found them very uh, interesting. Uh, How did you get started with container chat? And tell me a little bit about that show. 
Thank you for that. I'm glad to hear you listen to some of them. So Container Chat with Mojo is a podcast with one of my good friends and I call her my sister friends who both are her and I are in the container industry. So she's a container expert. I'm a container expert. We don't see each other as competition. Instead, we collaborated to build the podcast and build the education base. Um, one of the greatest challenges I've had over the years is just helping people understand what this world consists of. And because of that, we also find, too, that um, so many people are still uninformed. So we needed the podcast as an educational method. But now we're going to make it more fun where we'll have guests on there talking about containers and our experts, our real estate experts talking about land and all the things that go into acquiring um, land to make a purchase and build a container project. So we're we're trying to move from so much technical stuff because people don't capture that to a yeah. more fun, engaging environment where people can say, I can relate to that, even though, you know, I may have never even built anything out of containers before. Right. No, that's an excellent uh, strategy. But you talked about your challenges. And one of the things I did want to ask you about is that, you know, obviously you are a female minority developer. And so uh, we, we all know uh, the challenges that minorities have in the construction and development industry. Uh, what has been your biggest challenge and how have you been able to navigate around those challenges uh, to build a successful business? I would say um, outside of me being a female and being in construction and being in green construction, so many different layers, right? I would say initially it was just lack of education. Then once people realized that I knew what I was talking about, I think they kind of dismissed the fact that I was a black woman, but I did have to prove myself for a while, you know, um, just being out there, having these type of conversations, doing public speaking, creating my courses, um, because people just aren't used to seeing black females in green construction, nevertheless, construction in general. So I'm more taboo than anything, but I made me a norm. I made me the I made me normal to people versus me being uh, I guess uh, an outlier and by right. doing that it's helped me grow my business. Well, you know I think uh, you've done an excellent job branding uh, your business and branding yourself, and that's a um, critical component uh, to having a successful uh, enterprise. Now, on one episode of Container Chat, you discussed the pros and cons of container homes. You also acknowledge that container homes may not be for everyone. Tell us some of the pros and cons of container homes. I would say the biggest pro is the sustainability factor. I'm considered a green girl. I'm the only crazy person in my circle who still recycles. Uh, I don't like when people <laughs> throw stuff out the window. I do not like when people run water while they're brushing their teeth and, you know, my little nuances that probably drive other people crazy. but. The number one pro is sustainability. I would say a second pro is low maintenance. So once you build a container structure, there's very little you have to do. And then I would say thirdly, a lot of people don't know that they're allergic to their stick and brick homes or stick and brick commercial structures. Um, because of the, the what I'm going to share very quickly is a little technical, but I'll explain it as uh, succinctly as I can. So you have open cell and closed cell building materials. Open cell means that you're constantly exposed to whatever that particular building material is made out of. And so you'll see that in the form of allergies, upper respiratory issues, and a number of other things. Um, just even topical, you may be breaking out, have hives, things like that. Um, so most stick and brick, people don't know they're allergic to their own structures that they're commonly in, where they live, work, and play. 
The other side too is more on a green construction side, which is closed cell, meaning most of the things that are in building materials on the green side is closed cell, so you don't have exposure to whatever is made out of. So even if you were on the green side, it's not gonna harm you. So an example would be silica, that's commonly done in drywall and many other um, building materials that we use in stick and brick homes. And then the opposite of that will be the use of metal. I don't know anybody that's allergic to metal, um, <laughs> but I would just say if we compared it stick and brick versus green construction, from open versus closed cell materials, your home, you're constantly exposed to everything, carpet, everything that's in your stick and brick structure, um, even if you're at work and green is not like that. So I would say that being a third health benefits, <laughs> the improved health benefits yeah. of closed cell and green construction, those would be the top three pros. Um, on okay. the con okay. side, I would say the one and only thing is People think it's supposed to be cheaper um, just because it's being built out of a container. And I always have to educate my customers about that because if you want high-end materials, that's something we can't negotiate on. So if you want granite or a lot of glass as a pole, you know, in your design, so a lot of people don't like the metal look, they like glass because it's prettier and open, looks airy and all that. But you have to be mindful, finishes cost money. So right, if right. you are building a traditional green home short term, it's cost effective um, just because it's, you're not overdoing it with like the high end stuff. But even long term, even if you had high end stuff, your you know, cost efficiency for energy and water and other mechanisms that we use in our practices it will be a much, still turns into a pro, even though people find that it could cost the same prices they can build if you're building um, a residential home. Got you. What is the typical lifespan of a container home? They last as long as you uh, can keep them. So uh, I would say specific things to coat and um, make it as closed cell as possible. So it's not going to erode from water or um, be uh, attacked by wind or debris that could be outside. So typically with a stick and brick home, short term wise, I would say, you know, average home may last about maybe 50, 60 years if it was done properly. <laughs> but yeah. a container home could last three times as long um, and at most you would have to do is maybe recoat the home. And oftentimes most municipalities require some cladding on it. So wood cladding, stone cladding or siding. So if that's on there, typically you wouldn't have to recoat the home. So just in general, the most maintenance you will have is probably recoating a home on a, a container home. And they most containers are sitting out on sea um, unbreached for, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. So just imagine you get double, if not triple the lifespan of a stick and brick home. Got you. That's impressive. Now these container homes have also been considered uh, disaster resistant. Have you seen them uh, actually put to the test in a natural disaster? Yeah, actually my uh, podcast co-host uh -huh. um, Mojo, she was in Texas and a hurricane came and she was in a, a Airbnb and it was put to the test. And we talk about that on one of our shows. She said, Jessica, I survived the hurricane. And, you know, we were <laughs> laughing about it, but people don't know how real that can be for people who had not 
survived it or actually experienced it. So containers are wind, water, and fireproof. They can handle up to 120 miles per hour. And as long as it's anchored to the ground, which our structures are, they're permanently affixed, they can last as long as they will last. Uh, Water-wise, it's hard to penetrate them. Um, so flooding is a great benefit for having a container home. And then fire, of course. I don't know anybody who can burn down a, a metal building um, other than what happened at, unfortunately, in New York during the Twin Towers. I still don't understand how that happened, but um, typically that's not normal. Um, it's really hard to, to burn down steel. So just to give you an idea, it's a little extreme example to give, but normally that's not what happens with steel. All right, Jessica, we have to take a break right here. But coming up in the conclusion of my conversation with Jessica Lewis, the CEO and founder of Mobu Enterprises, Jessica talks about the programs she's created for young entrepreneurs. Unfortunately, a lot of people are in business, but they don't know how to do business. And so we built that into our curriculums so that they're able to understand what it is to be an actual business owner and what it takes. This has been The Sky's the Limit with Dee Brown. To find out more about Dee, go to dbrownceo.com. And to connect with the P3 Group, check out the p 3 groupincom The Sky's the Limit is a production of Forbes Books.